This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From our virtual studios in the Netherlands and Camarillo, California, comes Another incredible edition of the number one ranked podcast in my parents' minds, The Marketing Geeks. That's right. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the show that brings you information into your ear holes that you need to be a fantastic marketer, market yourself or others. It is the Marketing Geeks radio show. Welcome, everybody. What a fabulous show we have for you today. Unbelievable. With your hosts, Justin Womack and Andrew Stoja, as we take you from average marketer to breakthrough marketing expert wizard. Yes. That's right. And today's episode will include... Lots of information that will help you be better at what you do. It will empower you. You will walk away smarter and better looking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Marketing Geeks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. How are you, Justin? How's why life? They, why aren't they responding? You said hello. Well, there's only seven of them. And <laughs> uh, of those seven, only, only I think like three or four are actually paying attention at any given time. <laughs> so, you know, the law of averages, man, that, that lowers the bar, you know. Indeed, indeed. How are you, my friend? I am so good. I am just, uh, man, it is, uh, it's beautiful here in the Netherlands. Uh, global warming has made it so uh, there hasn't been a lot of rain. It's been uh, unusually warm. So, uh you know, usually the, the, the standard uh, operating procedure here in the Netherlands is that by now it's wet, cold, and rainy. And wet and cold are two things that it's like the anti-evil opposite of uh, peanut butter and chocolate. So I'm, I, do, I do like that, but I'm also a little creeped out because it's not normal. So but other, good, for, yeah, good for weather, bad for our future. Okay. 
That's right. That's right. But other than that, I mean, uh, no, everything, everything is fantastic here. And, uh, man, I've been, I've been learning some amazing stuff, uh, and, uh, including, uh, what we're going to go over on our, uh, big webinar for November, which we will reveal towards the end of the show, uh, what that's going to be. And I guarantee you, you are going to want to attend this one, all you seven listeners. So stay so, tuned uh, because we will be announcing the topic and the date later on this very show. Yeah, but before I do anything else, I just want to say a word about our brand new sponsor. You know, digital marketing can be challenging, complicated, and time-consuming. And as an entrepreneur, Vera Marketing knows you have quite a bit on your plate trying to run your business. So why don't you let them help you focus on what you do best while they focus on what they do best, finding you customers. Vera Marketing is an MIT-incubated marketing agency dedicated to helping companies and musicians grow and establish their audience online. They've helped their clients grow over 5,000 engaged followers on Instagram and 50,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. If you're having any trouble with your marketing projects or you're not achieving the results you want out of your campaigns, reach out to them immediately. That's www.veramarketing.com. And we are excited to have them as a sponsor of the show. And also, I wanted to share that today we are doing part five of our six-part influence series on the six patterns of influence as outlined in the book, Robert Cialdini's aptly titled influence. So today's pattern is going to be that of liking, and we'll get into details of that shortly. But before we do, Andros, I believe you had some marketing news of the week for us. That is correct, because uh, really interesting thing. So first of all, have you heard about uh, this Facebook portal device that Facebook has you know, I, I mean, I, I don't have cable, but I do. I do stream. Like, I'll stream football. I'll stream a few. Uh, I'll stream a few things on my devices. And I actually saw a commercial on one of the streaming platforms for the Facebook portal. So I've heard of it. I'm not too familiar with it, but I've heard of it. I, I was totally unfamiliar with it because I, you know, even though I'm a huge Facebook fan, um, Facebook is uh, rolled out this device called the Facebook Portal, which is basically their version of Alexa slash Google Home. And uh, the big twist is that it comes standard with a screen and a camera so they can watch you um, all the time and uh, collect your data on that. And basically it's a uh, they're trying to get into the smart speaker uh, market. The interesting thing, though, is that there are now 53 million. This comes out of marketingland.com. There are 53 million smart speaker devices in the U.S. Uh, households, according to an analyst uh, firm's estimate. And uh, the growth of that is slowing. The uh, the speaker, Amazon Echo, Google Home, uh, all of the smart speaker devices, the, the growth of that market is starting to slow. So is uh, is Facebook a little late with this device? You know, I think they might be. Um, I don't, like, just from my pulse of the marketing environment, I don't feel the hype that I once felt around smart speakers like I did last year. 
Last year, yeah. you know, around Black Friday and everything, people were buying them and they were excited about it. And everyone had their Amazon device. And again, I can't say the name of the device because there's one sitting right next to me right here. It's gonna that's gonna wake up if I talk about it. Um, but but it's it's just not that. I, I just don't feel like there's the excitement around it. And I was uh, what I was saying is, uh, to you earlier, Andres, before we started recording, was that. You know, with, when a new cell phone comes out every year, I'm excited and I, I mean, I'll at least consider upgrading the cell phone every single year. But this year with the new smart speakers, um, I'm not even sure if they made an upgrade this year or not. But there's just no I, I don't feel any enticement or any reason why I would want to upgrade. And so uh, I have no desire to change from what I'm using right now. So I, I think that's a mistake in some ways. I think that they should be modeling the cell phone market if they're going to continue to use these devices. Um yeah, but I, I feel like I do feel a decline, and I don't. I don't see people buying products from their Amazon or Google devices. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't want to do it myself. So maybe I'm just right. too old. I mean, I'm 35 years old. I mean, I'm pretty old. So I don't know. But you know, millennials aren't going to be um, buying uh, this device anyway. Uh, but you know, I mean, if you think about it, like if I were to get one of these for my mom, who who l- literally has trouble with WhatsApp. I, I, even though that's owned by Facebook, I know, but, but I, I tell her like, listen, just get on WhatsApp and we can talk all the time. It's like a telephone, but you can text me and we could do video calls. And she always says to me the same thing. WhatsApp doesn't work for me. I'm like, <laughs> just, you turn on your phone, you hit the button. Just hit, hit the button. That's just hit it. So I, <laughs> But she does. She she does use Facebook, and I I feel that if 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 this were something I could give to my mom for Christmas, for instance, she she would she would use it possibly. But uh, as far as like you know the the average person using Facebook, I mean th- there is a decline in in numbers, although it's still a very effective uh, type of of advertising. And I'm uh, I'm I'm actually doing some Facebook campaigns for. Uh, a company I'm doing some consulting work with right now. So I, I, I mean, it's still relevant, but as far as I think it's a little late for Facebook to be getting into this game. Yeah. And I think for smart speakers as a whole, I, I think the technology is not going anywhere. The technology is sound, but I'm not sure that it's going to end up as smart speakers forever. I think we're going to see more integrations, like putting this into cars, putting this into uh, your laptop, into your desktop. So I, I see more of a future in that. Uh, or even into your refrigerator, maybe. Maybe the, the Amazon is connected to your fridge and you just talk to your fridge. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I just think um, I think that the technology is not going anywhere. I just think that the devices are uh, – I don't see that – I don't think that's going to continue to thrive like it did. Yeah, well, it, it, uh, it does uh, remain to be seen. Um, interesting story also is that Google is experimenting with a new feature – that allows you to look at prices of local services like labor and materials. So you'll be able to go onto ads and they'll display uh, specific locations for uh, what you're looking for. If you're looking for like uh, an exterminator or someone to uh, do, you know, reshingle your roof, it'll actually give you estimates for specific locations in certain areas. Hmm. Now, one thing um, I've talked about a little bit on the show, and I just want to kind of reiterate, if you are, are a brick and mortar business or you have a, a general location, doing localized SEO is very, very important. 
And if you aren't taking advantage of localized SEO, then uh, you, you're you're hurting your chances of being seen. And basically, what that means is that you need to get onto business, uh, like we get your business onto G Plus, even though they're sunsetting it for the average person, but they're keeping it alive for businesses. And whenever you do a Google search. They always pop up with localized businesses. And so uh, to then take this extra step of being able to price compare directly from Google while looking for a localized business is something that uh, as a business, you've really got to consider because, uh, I mean, it makes sense that Google's going to want to do this as a way to kind of compete with kind of the Amazon algorithm. Yeah. No, I think uh, they're calling it, I think they call it Google My Business now. So if you actually want to list your business, you just type in Google My Business and you can add your address, you can add your photos, you can add your description, your hours, and now the prices apparently too. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, if you're a low, especially if you're a brick and mortar business where you're a restaurant, you know, like a food service, like you better be doing local marketing SEO because that's how people find you. The average person is looking on their phone, they're typing in whatever industry you serve, and they're searching or like, what were restaurants around me or where can I go buy this product around me? And right. if, you're, if you're not listed locally in Google, then you're, you know, those clients are never going to find you. So you, you yeah. might have random people pop in and you might be able to do some word of mouth marketing, but you're not going to get random people to locate you through their phones. Yeah. And it's, you know, for, for guys like you and I who are more, you know, we do global business, a little harder to do. Uh, you know, we've got to bank our reputation on basically just word of mouth and our work it, it itself. Uh, it's a different kind of animal, but then tapping into our network. And that's maybe something that we'll cover in another uh, episode. But uh, you know, localized business. If you have any questions about it, of course, you can always reach out to either one of us on LinkedIn and we'll be happy to answer any of your questions. So let's get into the meat of the show, my friend. You, uh, we're doing episode, uh, this is this is part five of part our six-part series. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's part Where's five already. No, I don't even know. So let me uh, let me recap. So let me recap kind of where we've gone, and then we'll talk about where we're going today. Well, well, number one, I'm going to tell you this: that today is the fifth principle of influence, and today's principle is going to be called liking. And I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But before I do, I want to. I like that you're doing that. By the way, wow! That I am influencing you already, you, dude. Every day you influence me. Amazing. See, you see, this stuff really, this stuff really works. <laughs> I just proved it right there. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the fifth principle. So the the first four that we covered, uh, number number one was uh, I'll say reciprocity. I think these are out of order, but I'm just going off my memory right now. So number one was reciprocity. Reciprocity is the idea that what you give is going to come back to you. Uh, when you give to people, it builds uh, it builds trust. It builds uh, it builds authority. It builds uh, it builds relationships, and people are going to want to do something back for you. That often shows up in the form of a referral, or it shows up in them doing business directly with you, or it shows up in some sort of goodwill. Um, so reciprocity is a principle of influence, and you see this in marketing with. Uh, I'm going to give you a free gift. You give me your email address, um, and people are more likely to provide that information if you give them something for free. So the exchange of value is taking place. Uh, the second one was authority. So we did a whole episode on authority building, um, how you could build your credentials and your authority in your industry, even without having the college degree, without the MBA, without the PhD. So things like 
hosting a podcast or writing a book. I mean, anyone can write a book now. That barrier to entry is gone. You can go on Amazon. You can create a book. It could be a bestseller. You could be a bestselling author without leaving your home. So it's a, it's a whole new world right now with authority building. Uh, number three was the idea of consensus. So we talked about consensus last week, which is uh, where consensus and social proof too. So what we look to others for almost like uh, wh- what are other people doing uh, that makes this okay? We talked about how if you're in sales and you tell people that your neighbors are purchasing this product, that it's a, a big a, a big influence on people, that people are more likely to do what other people have done. Uh, and then this even goes into like, having association with people. So if I were to associate myself with a celebrity influencer, uh, it also creates an, a, a, a perception of social proof, um, which is something that can influence. And then we use the example of how people uh, observe social compliance. There's been a lot of psychological experiment, experiments done where if you walk into a room, for instance, and you're given no instructions but there's people that are sitting and standing when a bell rings, it's likely that you're going to follow suit and do the same thing because you're going to want to comply with the circumstances around you. And the other one that we covered was scarcity. And scarcity is the idea that things become more value as they become rare. So if, uh, if I tell you something's available for a limited time, it becomes more valuable because there's only a limited time to consume it. Uh, there also develops urgency. Or if I tell you that there's only three of these available and there's a thousand people that are competing for it, it becomes more desirable again because it's a rarer thing to get. So those are the, those are the four that we've covered Today, we're getting into liking. Andros, do you have anything to add before I get into the main subject? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to talk about just, you know, you touched on influence. We talked about that. But uh, one of the, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to announce our next free webinar for all of our listeners. And influence is actually going to be a big part of this uh, thing because we are going to talk a little bit about using influencers to boost your brand and get more likes and uh, followers. And that's uh, dovetails into uh, what we're going to talk about in the very near future, but it involves a huge platform that you can leverage both of these things. Uh, and uh, should I look to Cal out of the bag now or should, should we wait? Let's wait. Uh, let's wait. Let's wait. Let's make them earn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to talk about liking. And again, I just want to reiterate that these uh, these six principles come from the book Influence by Robert Cialdini. If you haven't read that book, I highly urge you to go read it. I'll put a link in the description for anyone that wants to buy it. And we'll make like a dollar off of it because it'll be an affiliate link. Um, probably not even a dollar, probably like 40 cents. But uh, it'll be in the description. So the fifth principle is liking. And it's the idea that people prefer to say yes to those that they like. And there's uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about with this principle. But, but first off, uh, the basics are this. It's uh, like persuasion science essentially tells us that uh, we like people who are similar to us. Uh, we like people that pay us compliments. And we like people that are cooperative with uh, or, or working towards similar to mutual goals. So we are are more likely to connect with people that are on the same wavelength, the same mental, uh, the same mental waves, and, and kind of they're going the same direction, right? Part of our but, tribe. Part of our tribe. But there's a couple ways that you can kind of influence people to feel that they're more connected to you and feel that they like you more. And and one of the uh, one of these comes from the science of NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. 
Uh, and it's the idea that you can match and mirror people. So matching and mirroring is a way of building rapport, building connection, and, uh, and building subconscious liking where people perceive that they like you more. They feel like you're familiar to them, even though they're just meeting you for the first time. And so the idea that you can match and mirror them, so this is matching and mirroring body language, matching and mirroring vocal tonality or the, uh, the, pacing, uh, the pacing of their speech, uh, matching just the kind of the speech patterns, things like that. When you're matching and mirroring people and you're, you know, you're not, you're obviously not trying to be like super obvious about it. Um, but it, what's funny is you'd be surprised when you, if you try to get caught at this, cause I, I, you know, I've done a lot of NLP seminars and sometimes the instructors like, just try to get caught. I want you to, I want you to match and mirror someone so obviously that you're trying to get caught and you'll be amazed at how far you could take this without people even realizing that you're doing it. I know. So it's yeah, kind of yeah. funny. Right? <laughs> you know yeah. what's funny is is like whenever whenever I'm trying to get a yes out of a uh, prospective client, uh, what I do is I do this very thing where I'll sit across from the table with them and I'll look at them and I'll try and match their posture. And then when they say something, uh, I'll try and say it back to them. Like I'll say something like, okay, so if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is, and I'll repeat almost the exact same thing back to them, uh, in, in, in the same candor. And it, it does create a sense of, uh, comfort and, and, uh, connectivity with people. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's, it's a really, it, it, this, this works. There's no doubt about it because we are always comfortable with people who resemble us. And, you know, I wonder if this has anything to do with how people look like their dogs. I don't know if you, <laughs> it might, yeah. I've heard that before. I don't know much about that, but yeah, <laughs> but, um, uh, but also, but also everybody has like certain keywords that they say. So there, there's usually like a keyword or two that's that every person will have. I'm sure I have a few that I've, I use repeatedly that I don't even realize I'm using, but a lot of times they're subconscious. They're not, uh, the person doesn't realize they're doing it. Other people notice because it's, it's, you know, unique to that person. It's kind of an idiosyncrasy. But yeah. if you can identify those keywords and repeat those back to them as well, that can also be a way of subconsciously building quick rapport. I know. I, I've had a few of those. I've tried to scrub them from my lexicon. Uh, my my big word that I try to never use is actually. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, we we had a we had an episode yeah. way early yeah. on the podcast where we talked about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, and actually, I've done a pretty good job with getting rid of it. So actually, fantastic. Uh, so let me let yeah. me share a, a story that comes from the book here. So in uh, we're going back to the principle of liking here, uh, but this is how it ties into like negotiations and in a uh -huh. in negotiation studies that were carried out between uh, MBA students at two business schools. Uh, there were two groups. One of the groups was told to, uh, to use this statement before going into negotiations. So they told the group, time is money. Get straight down to business. And in this group, around 55% were able to come to an agreement. So saying time is money, get straight down to business, 55% were able to come to an agreement. The second group was told that before you begin negotiating, exchange some personal information with each other and identify one similarity you share in common and then begin negotiating. In this group, 90% of them were able to come to successful and agreeable outcomes. And the, the outcomes were on average worth 18% more for both parties involved. So the idea is that not only um, was there a, a higher consensus reached, 
but it was actually more profitable for everybody involved. And that's, sim- uh, I mean, and the theory here is that it's simply because they found a commonality shared before they went into negotiations and they were able to build off that into something bigger. Hmm. So, so basically what that says is, is that, um, you know, there, there are, there are methodologies to get people to be attracted to you. And, uh, and this is, this is no surprise to me, obviously, but yeah. how does this, how would you, you use this for like, say a social media platform? Well, uh, before I get into that, I, I just want to share one other point here because yeah. part of this too could be thought of, uh, and this is, uh, this is kind of me taking this to another level because I don't think this is actually specifically mentioned in the book, but when you're segmenting, you know, when you're segmenting your audience down and you're niching down, part of that is you're niching down to identify similarities with a very specific audience. Because if you can become more niched down, um, you're going to have something that's a core interest in common with people. And they're going to intuitively feel that desire to like you more. And we talked a while ago about like the Nike campaign with, uh, with Colin Kaepernick and how, right. uh, and how they had, they had niched down to, um, to a market to, you know, they had, they had alienated a certain crowd, um, by, by bringing him, by bringing him on, but they also strengthen relationship with their target niche market. And so part of that is by taking a stand, whether it's political or taking a stand with, I only want to serve this population, you're going to create a sense of liking for that population. You're also going to create a sense of disliking for the, you know, the other side of the coin there. Um, but in some capacity, you could think of this too, as uh, that's one way of building a stronger bond is uh, is by niching down because you are you are finding that commonality with people or you're 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 creating you're sharing something uh, you're sharing a piece of information about yourself and then the people that connect with it are going to have that extra commonality and are going to like you more. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, you know we talk about sometimes the uh, the kind of the self promotion and marketing that uh, our current president. Uh, has done very effectively. And one of the the ways that he does this is he has galvanized a a base. And that base is the thing that he plays to over and over again. And once you have that specific base, if you have that 32 or 35% that will follow you off a cliff, it's much more effective than having to reconvince people to buy your product or service over and over again. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. And to get back to your other question about how to use like liking on social media and how to use it, things will come. Um, well, some of the some of the things will come back to, to basics of like how do you get people to like you? And some of the some of the the classic examples are that like in sales, for instance, people that are deemed likable are more likely to smile. Uh, they're more likely to pay compliments to their audience. Tell them, you know, that's why we always tell our audience. But it, we don't do it. For this reason, we just say it because it's true that we have a beautiful, beautiful audience. Oh, the best looking audience ever. Incredible. uh, Yeah. Coincidence. The people that that have connected with me on LinkedIn and reached out to me, and uh, I I have to say, you people are uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, In fact, uh, I want to give a gigantic shout out to uh, one of our uh, awesome listeners, uh, Pedro, uh, Pedro Vingles uh, Castado has uh, reached out and said, congrats on our podcast. Good stuff. You are an amazing man, sir. And 
uh, I think I, we're going to have him on the show at some point because uh, he um, he speaks Spanish and we w- I want to find out about marketing in different languages. So yeah, there's a uh, that would be reach out to me. You may end up on the show. That's just how it goes. Awesome, I love it. So uh, I mean, so as far talking about social media presence and things like that, it, it's just the the basics there. I mean, it's it's tough to obviously do matching and mirroring with an audience that you can't see, but you can smile. You can make yourself more likable. Um, you can connect with people on a certain subject matter that is that, you, that people have commonalities with. Now, uh, with liking, physical attractiveness does play a key into it. For uh, you know, being physically attractive is an asset. It's going to help people uh, deem you as more likable, uh, but it's not essential. Yeah. So it's it's something that can be it's something that can be worked around, but it, it helps. It helps. So. Uh, it's just a, it's just a reality. I mean, oftentimes you go on, you know, certain social media platforms, a lot of the influencers are physically attractive and that's one of the reasons, but it's not all of them. So it's, uh, it's just something to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, anything else you want to add to this particular subject about like, like, you know, I, I would, that's why I want to dovetail into like, how, how would you kind of take this sort of concept and dovetail it into a platform like say instagram it's a great question um i i I mean i think i'm gonna let you take that one because uh, i think you have something you want to share yeah i do actually and uh we are is now the time do you think should we should we do it now that was the time now, okay, thanks, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to now tell you what our next free webinar is going to be. It is Instagram and how to market to people on Instagram using influencers. Grow your likes, grow your brand, and uh, use it to sell more products. We are going to do a full Instagram centric. Uh, webinar in the next couple of weeks and uh, more details on that coming up. You'll have to listen to the next couple of shows before we tell you the exact date. But uh, yes, we are going to uh, do a whole, uh, we're going to do a whole show on Instagram and Instagram influencing. And then we're going to take it right into our webinar and show you how you can grow your Instagram presence in uh, a few easy steps and uh since we're promoting this right now i actually do want to reveal the date so i would like to reveal the date right now are you okay with it andres i I don't i don't know about that i think i think we should let them we should we should let them salivate on this on on this matter i think we should just like tease it it's like do do a drip campaign with with the information (laughs) all right i'm telling you the date here we go (laughs) oh man so the the webinar the webinar will take place on wednesday november 28th that's the week after thanksgiving so you'll you'll be able to have your thanksgiving dinners we'll give you some more episodes before then because obviously this is the stuff that gets talked about during thanksgiving dinners you could talk about marketing geeks podcast share all of everything that you've learned but on november 28th at 1 p.m pacific standard time we will be doing our instagram marketing webinar and be there or be square i got a question for you what if you miss the webinar. How can I get a replay of that webinar? It's a great, it's a great question. So you have to be on the webinar to listen to it live. But if you are not able to make the webinar, we do give replays to our donors. 
So if you're a donor, like our donor Jessica Wynn, um, that joined recently, Jessica, um, you get access to the recordings. So we will actually send you the recording of all of our webinars. Uh, If you donate, the minimum requirement is $5 a month. Um, And again, if you donate up to the $20 a month threshold, you actually get a private group call with us. So we spend an hour a month with you on the phone. And you're going to get a lot of value from those uh, conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yes, uh, encourage I encourage you to uh, hit the Patreon button uh, link at the bottom of the description of this podcast and uh, join us because, you know, but we'll we'll do the initial one for free and you don't have to be a subscriber. You just have to give us love. We love love. And uh, do you know who else loves love? I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, now I do. That's right. Sex robots <laughs> love love. Uh-huh. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. It is time once again uh, for the Sex Robot Report. Yes, we are the only <laughs> podcast... That gives you the sex robot report diligently. We do the research so you know what's up with the sex robots. So, <laughs> your number one podcasting authority on sex robots. Here you're not going to find a better one. So, uh, this is actually a, uh, a bit of a follow up. Our old buddy, Brick Dollbanger. Who uh, I'm gonna try to get on the show, man. I, I gotta track this guy down because we gotta have D- Brick Dollbanger. Who uh, last week we talked about. Uh, if you have a, if you have a lead for us connecting with Brick, please reach out to the show because we need to get Brick or Brick. I'm sorry, Brick. Or or on the if, show. You, if if Brick, if you're one of our seven listeners, by all means, we want you on the show. Uh, this is a uh, Brick Dollbanger. Last week we talked about him who uh, broke a sex robot because he's a, uh, a, a sex robot enthusiast says, uh, said that he has spent over $200,000 on sex robots. I, uh, I don't know if that's money well spent, but you know what, if he's happy, Hey, and there's a rumor that this might not actually be his birth name. I, I doubt that. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is his birth name, but maybe he was know, born in Kenya. It's possible that it's possible that a guy that spent two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> might have a little bit of an obsession. <laughs> oh, you know what, man? Listen, if you can afford two hundred, if you were like a multi, multi, multi million, like if you just won the lottery, two hundred thousand dollars is nothing. You know, you just like drop that in an ashtray, and just. Um, yeah, whatever. So whatever. Hey, I'm not here. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to report on the news. Uh, so this is from the only unbiased, unbiased reporting on this whole industry right here. <laughs> this is from the Sun UK uh, and uh, uh, a follow up story. Uh, Dick, uh, I'm sorry, Brick Dollbanger says that sex robots will colonize Mars, and uh, the future of the human race could depend on whether or not we're bonking bots. So uh, YouTuber, he's a YouTuber. I had no idea. Maybe we got to reach out to this guy. YouTuber, love doll collector, and sex bot consultant Brick Dollbanger told The Sun that we'll soon be relying on droids for space travel. And he said we'll eventually become bots ourselves. 
he's a futurist too. I didn't realize this. I mean, he's he's predicting where we're going with society. It's amazing. This guy's multi-talented, man. He's like he's you know he's a futurist and he's a. Well, I, I got to I got to hand. I mean, in his defense, if you're if you're like the first person to be spending this much money on having sex with robots, then maybe you are a futurist on some level. So uh, he says, I think that we have to remember that sex robots are here to help expand our knowledge and our experience. And that's why they have to direct this technology to do. Uh, Speaking to the sun, Brick explained how sex robots are driving the robotics innovations and advanced versions of the future will help us shop, will help set us set up shop on Mars. Hmm. I believe robots will colonize Mars and they're going to build the colony. We're going to come. That's going to come along later. I don't know. Well, they, they don't breathe oxygen. So that's a big advantage over humans. This is a big advantage over humans. So (laughs) you know what? Let's, let's just send some sex robots to Mars and, that, ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk, that, if you're listening, <laughs> you know, maybe Starman had some extra features in that Tesla that he sent out into space. We don't know. Make sure all to right. tag Marketing Geeks and Elon Musk in all of your posts. <laughs> and that concludes this edition of the Sex Robot Report. Um, I have, uh, next up, we have uh, the awesome uh, book report of the week. Yes. So our, our, our brand new feature, this is uh, a thing that I do because we're busy. We have things to do. So, uh, But we all need to read, right? So guess what? I read these books so you don't have to. And uh, I read a really interesting book. Uh, that I would like to share. This one is called The uh, Brand Gap by Marty Neumeyer. Uh, and it's, uh, it, it was really interesting because I've, I've actually run into this with a lot of my clients where there is a, uh, it, it's this, this, this thought about becoming a charismatic brand and closing the gap between strategy and creativity. One of the things I love about living out here in the Netherlands is that, uh, you know, Phillips was started out here and I went to the Phillips museum and I can honestly tell you that if, if it weren't for Phillips, there would be no Apple computer. Phillips was one of the first ones to have like a closed campus, to have like his workers uh, paid as much as you know the janitors, he really felt uh, that the the Phillips company felt that style and innovation and functionality all went hand in hand, and uh, close to it, 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 you know, the legacy of that is still here. But uh, but in the brand gap, uh, the writer talks about that to become a charismatic brand, you have to close the gap between strategy and creativity, and you have to unify the uh, brand gap. And successful brands know what they do and why they do it, and they stick to it. So you have to differentiate yourself, and you have to ask yourself these three questions when you differentiate yourself. Ooh, what are the questions? They are, who are you? What do you do and why does it matter? So I've, I, I actually have consulted with companies and uh, this, is, this is one of the things that I, I ask them is like, why do you do what you do? And if it's to make money or if it's to become the best widget maker in the world, 
get out of that business because it's gotta, it's gotta have a soul, right? So you've gotta, and you've gotta stay focused with this, uh, with what you're doing. So, uh, with that, part of the way that you get there is to have effective collaboration. And that's crucial to building an effective brand. And there's three ways that you can have effective collaboration. You can outsource. So just, you know, get your person on Fiverr. You can work with an agency who is getting their people on Fiverr, or you can create an integrated team within the company. And a lot of people can't afford to do this, but when you do, it creates the synergy, right? Because you, you can keep everything kind of close and really trained the, uh, the team and get into this concept uh, of uh, Maya, M-A-Y-A, which stands for the most advanced yet accessible idea. So the, the concept here is to stand out and look for innovative expressions of these ideas. So it's innovation and, and it's, the, it's the connection of, of these innovations. Uh, in order to understand how your idea can be truly uh, masterful or unique, you've got to validate uh, your, and test your concepts. So in order to validate and test your concepts, you got to you, you do market research. So you got to test your distinctiveness, your relevance, your memorability. Like what emotion do people think of when they think of you or what emotion are you trying to convey? Uh, your expandability, how expandable can you be? And the depth of your concept like what different styles can you convey but in in different emotions you can convey yet still have the same messaging and same concept like for instance coca-cola can't get into the dish soap company like the dish soap business right they can't they're focused on one thing coca-cola may do different they're not gonna drinks within the coca-cola brand but they they're, they're not going to start making cars right so you've got to you've got to basically keep true to your brand have different types of emotions and expressions of your brand but but you've got to stay focused within that and know what you're doing right i agree and, 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 and that is it's not it doesn't mean not taking risks i mean we talked about how coca-cola is in negotiations to create a cbd drink under their brand so they're, they're you know it's not about not taking risks but it's about being consistent though with the brand so i, I right agree. but they're doing a cdb drink and not a you know a cdb well, exactly. yeah exactly they're not doing a cbd dish soap <laughs> yeah or a, C, a cdb cookie which they sell here in the netherlands and are you know i don't know this but they they're quite nice um, and, and, uh, and, and, and the other component is you've got to cultivate your brand too. You've got to keep it active. So a brand is a thing, right? It's an organism. And if you let it sit too long and not give it love or not give it kind of an update, then, then it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna die. Right. Can I add something on that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Email marketing, for instance, because email marketing is largely about branding. I mean, it's about selling, but it's also about keeping brand relevance. And and that every week that you have somebody on your email list that you fail to communicate with them, uh, I've had it told to me. This actually comes from, I believe, Digital Marketer was the first company I heard this from. Uh, every week that you don't communicate them with them, you lose ten percent of your influence over that audience. Interesting. So consistency is key. So yeah, every week you're ignoring them that they, they subscribe to your list, but you're not sending them an email. You're losing 10% of your influence because they're forgetting about you. And that makes sense. Just yeah. But you've also, 
Yeah. You've also got to make the email relevant. I mean, one of the things uh, I'm working with a brand right right now that um, I, I'm I'm revamping their email marketing because their email marketing has until this point been just like, hey, we're having a sale. Hey, we're having another sale. Hey, get this 25% off. Hey, we're having another sale. Hey, here's a new product. And I, I advise them, listen, one of the things I need to do with your email marketing is we've got to make it like a little present. When somebody gets that email and opens it up, up, it's got to be something that is awesome. So we've got to we've got to make it like a, a lifestyle brand, right? We've got to make it where it's not just about a sale. It's got to be tips. It's got to be information. It's got to be relevant, and it's got to be cultivating that brand, right? So uh, again, it's it's got to be closing uh, that brand gap, and then uh, finally, you know, you've got to you've got to find a mar- a, a strategy. That balances between uh, creativity and uh, by managing the, the the five different disciplines of branding, and the five different disciplines are differentiation, innovation, collaboration, validation, and cultivation. And uh, if you do those things, you should be able to close the brand gap and uh, and make your brand a living organism that is alive in people's minds. And uh, that is my book report of the week. It's good content. Yeah, great content. So uh, is there any books that you'd like me to read? I will be happy to do it. Just, uh, you know, ping us on LinkedIn or we have an email, don't we? We, we actually have an we email. Do. We do have an email, uh, realmarketinggeeks at gmail.com. You can reach us there until we uh, get our domain set up and actually set up a domain-based email. We're using that for now. Yeah, and that's uh, going to happen very shortly. Uh, finally, we've got some geek news that we want to share. This is just our favorite part of the show. What, you got any geek I, news for us, man? Oh yeah, I got geek news. I got I got your uh, your number one shameless cash grab of the week, and I, I forget if we talked about this already, but I'm bringing it up again because it's so shameless and it's so interesting to me. They are re-releasing Deadpool 2 as a PG-13 Christmas movie called Once Upon a Deadpool this December. Um, they are re-releasing it just so they can make extra money, uh, pretend like they're appealing to kids. And I, I don't, I don't know. I just find this to be like the ultimate shameless cash grab. Have you seen this, Andres? They've actually titled it once upon a Deadpool and it's being re-released in December. (laughs) Oh, good Lord. (laughs) And the, uh, all the ads have uh, Deadpool wearing a Santa hat. And so basically they're, they're re-releasing, uh, apparently they're, they're adding a bunch of scenes with Fred Savage and he's going to be reading him a bedtime story or something. And then they're turning Deadpool two into a PG 13 movie. It, it's, it's pretty shameless. That is pretty damn shameless. All right. I got, I got a couple well, more. I got a couple more here. So, uh, uh mm-hmm. the next one is new super Mario bros movie this time though. It's going to be animated, which I think is a, a wiser move. If you've ever seen the, I don't know, was it 1992, 93, maybe the uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> it was, yeah, fortunately, it was a bit of a cluster. It, uh, I, I remember being a kid around then. I was probably nine or ten. Um, saw it in the theater, and it was, uh, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah. they actually brought in the creator of Mario. Uh, I don't, I'm probably not pronouncing his name right. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto is consulting on the film. The Illumination Studios that did, uh, I believe it's Illumination Studios. Let me double check that. But it's that did uh, Minions and Despicable Me. I believe they are the ones animating it this time. 
Don't quote me on that. Um, I thought I read that. I, won't. I thought I read that. I might be wrong on the animation studio, but I believe it was them. Uh, but they are, yeah, it's going to be a CGI animated film. So I, I think that is a better angle for this. Um, I mean, did you like the original Super Mario Bros. movie, Andros? It had Dennis Hopper. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it it, uh, it had a, it actually, it, it, it was, I, I, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. It's actually directed by the guy who was the art director for Blade Runner. So I, I was hoping that it was going to be really awesome. Uh, but uh, not so much. It was creative. I mean, it was it was out there. It was weird. It was like multi-dimensional stuff. It just didn't feel like Super Mario Brothers at all. <laughs> no, no. But it, yeah, it's a it's a very strange movie. Um, I've got one. Uh, PlayStation Classic is coming out. It's a hundred bucks, and it's a uh, in the same way they did the NES pl- uh, Classic. Uh, and the, uh, remember that a couple of years ago, they did, they, they, I do, uh, my brother, my brother bought the super Nintendo classic that came yeah. out. I think they did the Nintendo first and they did super Nintendo. Uh, it's pretty fun. I mean, I, I like it. So PlayStation uh, classic kind of good idea. And they actually did a scarcity thing on it where they, they only had a limited amount of them. So you had to get it. Otherwise it was gone. Right. Yeah, that's right. Cause they became really expensive as well on, uh, I think they were selling for like two or three times the regular value on uh, eBay and Amazon. So yeah. They yeah. Did. So, uh, so the PlayStation classics coming out preloaded with 20 games, including final fantasy seven resident evil director's cut grand theft auto, huh? Metal gear solid, uh, and a uh, few others. So, uh, you got a hundred bucks to blow and a bunch <laughs> of hours to kill. Might be there fun. You go. Uh, yeah. so my, my final story of the week. You ready for this one? I am so ready. Terminator six has wrapped filming and there's a new potential title. It's still rumored. Terminator six Phoenix. Ooh, <laughs> that's a working title. That's a working Thank title. I, I, don't think, I think, I kind of like, uh, they, I think they originally were going to call it just Terminator, not the Terminator, but Terminator or something like that. I'm fine with that. I think they should not call it Terminator 6, first of all. I think if they use the number 6, then it, I, I, my understanding was they're ignoring like Terminator 3, 4, and 5 anyway. So I think calling it 6 would be very confusing, <laughs> especially because Linda Hamilton died in Terminator 3, <laughs> or not Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so did, uh, uh, so did the career of the of, of the guy who played John Connor in that movie. So did everybody's career that were involved in that movie. Yeah, well, maybe they should call it Terminators. See? Yeah, why not? They did it with Predator. They called it Predators. They had a Predators movie. Right, right. So but, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the sequel of Aliens, uh, of Alien was Aliens, right? So Why don't they just call it Terminator Reboot? Why don't they call it? It actually kind of works on multiple levels. Terminator reboot. Or or, or they should just call it Terminator the Quest for Cash because that's what. (laughs) That's what they should call the Deadpool movie. Deadpool (laughs) the Quest for Cash. No doubt. Uh, I got two more bits of geek news uh, before we wrap up the show. Number one is um, Netflix is making a Pacific Rim and Altered Carbon anime. Why not? Cool. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, that's it's like the monster. I mean, I think Godzilla monsters all fit into that universe. So why not make an anime movie about it? Yeah, but Ultra Carbon. Did you see Ultra Carbon on Netflix? Did you? Well, that's right. No, I, I I started watching it. I haven't seen the whole season, but it's interesting. So I only saw like two episodes of it, and I actually quite enjoyed it. And then I put it down, and I never picked it back up. Um, which on, I, I should. I just forgot all about it. Like 
it, you know, I just have too much things going on. It's tough for me to sit down and watch a whole season, but I liked what I saw. So I yeah. do. I, Ultra Goblin, Goblin was pretty cool. Yeah. Ultra Goblin was pretty interesting and it's going to focus on, um, uh, uh, new elements of, uh, basically if you haven't seen the show, it's like people can change their whole consciousness and put it into other people. And, uh, so if you're, if you die, you, you don't necessarily have to die. So, uh, that, that would be kind of, that's, it's an interesting premise. We'll see where they go with that. And then of course, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that Pacific Rim was completely inspired from anime and now it's, uh, they made a film out of it and then they're turning it back into an anime. So does, uh, life imitate art or does art imitate life or I don't know. I have I have no idea. Uh, and in a new uh, new platform alert, last uh, story here, but Vine is coming back, and it's going to be revived as something called Byte next stream <laughs> next spring. So uh, this is from Engadget. The uh, Vine co-founder Dom Hoffman tweeted that uh, isn't it funny. He used he used Twitter. Uh, which killed Vine. They used to own Vine and then they killed it uh, to announce that he's uh, rebooting Vine and turning it into something called Byte. So uh, we'll, you know, we'll another, another platform to. Very exciting. It's another platform that uh, Facebook can copy and integrate into their platform. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, all right. So with that, I think every week we should have a a shameless cash grab story of the week. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of Marketing Geeks. We have come to a close and we want to thank you, each and every one of you, for uh, listening, being part of the movement. Because being a marketing geek is not just being a marketing geek. It's being part of a movement, my friends. It's a lifestyle, really. I mean, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a culture. Being a marketing geek is identifying I am a marketer. I am powerful. That's right. To all of our yeah. listeners, you are so incredibly beautiful. We love each and every one of you. Keep coming back. Next week, we will have the final part of our whole thing. <laughs> our, our whole influence series. Thank you. I don't know what happened to my mind for a second there. Yes, of our influence series. And then we'll also be talking about, directly after that, we'll be talking about Instagram, how to market on Instagram. We've got some guests, hosts coming up. We've got some other interesting things that are going to be happening, big announcements. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Stay classy.